Coalt headquarters in San Francisco, this is Humans of InfoSec, a show about real people, their work, and its impact on the information security industry. My name is Caroline Wong, and I'd like to introduce today's guest, my friend and colleague, Manny Landron. Manny is currently responsible for cybersecurity operations and IT risk at IAT Insurance Group, a privately held global insurance company. This is a role that more than 100 people applied for, three candidates were interviewed, and Manny got the job because it was extremely important to the CIO that the person in this position approach it with pragmatism. He is a data-driven and entrepreneurial security practitioner with extensive experience securing both cloud and traditional environments with an emphasis on effective detection and response. He also has deep experience with several regulatory and industry standards, including SOC 2, NIST CSF, HIPAA, PCI, and GDPR. Manny served 10 years on active duty in the United States Army and 13 years in the Guard Reserve. Recently, he's taken up learning how to play the violin. Manny, welcome to our podcast. Hi, Caroline. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I am so thrilled to be talking to you again. You know, during our discussions, I've discovered that you really have this love for learning so much that at various times in your life, you'll actually, you, you're the type of person that puts in a lot of time outside of work and outside of work hours in order to take your knowledge to the next level. Uh, and I have also noticed that you tend to approach learning starting with the basics, really getting a solid understanding for the fundamentals so that the complex concepts make sense to you, uh, which is something that I admire very much. So. I would love for you to tell our listeners how you got started. It's really, it's such an interesting story. Oh yeah. First, thank you very much for those observations. I mean, I, I think it's, um, I think it's something that has, you know, defined me over the years. Um, I've just had that kind of personality where uh, once I commit to learning something, it's, it's really important that I, you know, commit um, the time to, to do so. Um, I got into cybersecurity really by accident. You know, how many times have you heard that? It, I, I majored in accounting at a small school, South Raleigh, Campbell University. And uh, it's around the time, you know, right around the turn of, uh, you know, the 2000s, um, I basically uh, picked up a few books and started to kind of pay attention to this emerging field called cybersecurity. You know, a lot of folks had been doing cybersecurity already for, for several years. Um, but it now was, at the time, was becoming, uh, you know, a thing. And um, I was really interested. You know, I think part of the reason I was interested is because I had for so long, you know, uh, done something very similar on, uh, in, in the military from a physical security perspective, right, you can argue. And I was naturally attracted to the, to the concept of, you know, protecting networks and, and uh, securing um, those kinds of environments. And, and so I uh, picked up a few books, some of which were way over my head at the time. And, uh, you know, put them back down, picked them up again. And uh, right around uh, 2004, I decided to uh, do something about it. And, um, you know, short of going back to school to learning, because at the time there weren't really a lot of undergraduate or graduate programs that were focused on cybersecurity, I decided to uh, commission. I had already 
um, spent 10 years in, on active duty in the United States Army um, in the infantry, and I decided to commission Signal, you know, uh, basically focusing on telecommunications and, and uh, IT. One thing led to another. I, I uh, finally got my commission, and soon after, about five months after, I found myself in Iraq, responsible for a, uh, what they call the tech control facility. Tech control facility was essentially an internet service provider. We provided voice, um, data, uh, for about 6,000 people on the, on the base, 2,000 of which really had a computer, but it was 24 hours, 24 hour operations. It was something I volunteered for, and the way that I learned how to do it, believe it or not, was I ordered uh, a bunch of books off of Amazon <laughs> and read them all, cover to cover. Um, at the same time, working with a lot of folks out of um, out of Camp Victory in Baghdad um, during the evenings to to really learn the craft. I invested a lot of time, a lot of hours, you know, learning and reading and um, making mistakes, you know, making mistakes and, and, and really uh, got up the courage um, after, after that experience to, to enter the IT field as a uh, IT auditor, specifically focusing on cybersecurity. Uh, during my time in Iraq, um, we had initially focused on systems and network administration, but after a few months, a guy came down uh, from Mosul and basically explained that we had to start doing vulnerability assessments and, and patching and secure configuration. And this was all new to me at the time, but I dug in, uh, learned what I could, and um, you know, I was able to capitalize on that experience and, and get a job in the uh, commercial sector at the time with the U.S. Postal Service and the federal government, you know, large federal corporation, then um, ultimately with uh, Citrix ShareFile, and then uh, now as a, a CISO at IIT Insurance Group. It's really an incredible story, you know, and one of the things that stands out to me is, you know, when you were spending your evenings on the phone with tier two and three admins out of Camp Victory in Baghdad, you know, spending, that's when they have the time, and then you're reading these books, and, you know, I've picked up a computer science book from time to time, and it's not easy, to get through one of those books. What is it that motivates you to keep on reading when you're like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach myself how to run Active Directory by reading a book. That is not an easy thing to do. And I'm so curious to know what drives you and how do you, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay focused? How do you decide <laughs> to turn the page and keep your eyes open? Uh, rather than just doing something else. Yeah, uh, so uh, I will say that fear of failure is, is a great motivator. You know, I volunteered. I, I had some, some very basic experience, right, at the time. You know, I had passed the Network Plus and, and the Security Plus exam. Not, not a big deal, you know, in hindsight, but at the time it was, right? And so I at least had some foundational knowledge. I understood the terminology, you know, so when the guy came down and talked to me about vulnerability assessments and patching and that sort of thing, I at least knew what he was saying. Um, you know, one of, the, uh, one of the positive aspects of being in a deployed, you know, being deployed in an environment is that you have time, right? Yeah. You have a lot of time. And so, um, it, it helped, um, and I think this is incredibly important, that not only did I have the, the resources in terms of, of books or text, but I also had 
an environment, you know, to, to, to learn from. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had folks at Camp Victory who had been doing this for years who were contractors and who had no problem spending time with me, you know, sometimes two, three, four hours a night on the phone, just going through concepts that I may have read about and not understood, you know, that, that was a fairly significant, you know, part of the uh, learning process. Yeah, that's incredible. And to dive a little bit deeper into these mentors and these teachers that you had at this time, what was in it for them? You know, they're, they're spending this time talking to you and teaching you and, you know, what do you think was it about these individuals that, that helped them to be so generous with their time and with their knowledge? Yeah, I, I think, I think, um, one aspect is is that it was night shift, um, and you know a lot of times they didn't have a lot of action at night. You know there wasn't a lot going on. Um, two, I think that a lot of the folks that did deploy to Iraq as contractors had a genuine love for for the military. Uh, so they were, in fact, um, you know, in a way, giving back. Mm, that's awesome. And um, tell me about what it was like for you when you started looking around for a graduate program. So um, 2009, 2010 timeframe, what was it like starting to get into it? And what was it like when you were really in the middle of it? What was your day-to-day -day life like at that point? Yeah, so I was, I was, um, I was working at the U.S. Postal Service um, doing the cybersecurity audits, working very closely with Chuck McGann, the CISO at, cyber, at uh, USPS. And I, you know, I just felt like um, I needed to supplement uh, my skill set, my experience with uh, some foundational knowledge. Um, I looked around for cybersecurity programs, and at the time, uh, this was roughly 2009-10, there were some uh, cybersecurity programs out there, um, many of which were NSA accredited. Um, I'm not sure if that's the correct term, but they were listed on the NSA uh, site as as um, as uh, you know programs that were that they they at least uh, you know. Uh, evaluated right and it actually came down to Virginia Tech and East Carolina East Carolina had a program that was uh, more so on the cybersecurity side uh, Virginia Tech uh, had a program that was more so focused on on technology more so a, a, a hybrid of um, computer engineering computer science and um, you know some very some, some business courses that were focused on, on, on technical folks right I chose Virginia Tech. At the time, you know, I had plenty of certifications, had covered a lot of ground, you know, the CISSP, the CISSM, and some other, uh, you know, technical certifications, specifically around, uh, you know, Microsoft um, certified uh, administrator certifications. And, you know, I just felt like I'd be covering a lot of ground that, that uh, uh, in, in the East Carolina program that I had already addressed um, through certification and or experience. Uh, sure, I would have learned a few things, uh, but I just don't know that I would have um, set myself apart at the time. So I chose Virginia Tech. Um, and uh, again, um, it, very challenging program. They did have two courses um, uh, that were um, focused on cybersecurity. In fact, I was pretty impressed with the fact that they used um, Ed Scudis' book, um, uh, Hacking Exposed, as the textbook, along with many, many uh, different white papers that um, Randy Morshaney, uh, a CISO at SANS, and one of the professors, and then one of the, uh, I guess they call them old dudes at SANS, um, had curated over the years. So it was very, very challenging. I felt like I, 
a great comprehensive education that not only focused on cybersecurity, but things like database management and, you know, computer programming, all skills that I think any cybersecurity practitioner um, should be exposed to either at the undergraduate level or the graduate level, or just, you know, as, as life experience. That's very cool. And then, you know, you were sharing with me the other day, sort of, when you were in this program, you also had a lot of things going on in your life. You know, you were in school and you were working and you're taking care of a family. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about what that was like and how you decided to stick with it? Yeah, it was, it was a huge commitment. Um, uh, we had just had our first child. Actually, I think he was a little older uh, by then. He was, he was born in 2006, so he was, he was a little older by 10, 2010. Uh, wife was pregnant with our second child. Um, I was working full-time for the U.S. Postal Service in a very demanding job doing cybersecurity audits for, for the uh, cybersecurity team there. You know, and, and I was a company commander for um, a, a headquarters battery, a field artillery uh, uh, company, or battery rather, um, out of Lewisburg, North Carolina. So I had a full, full plate. You know, being a company commander in the National Guard unit is not easy. Uh, and obviously maintaining, you know, or, or, you know, keeping up with a full-time job. And then, of course, family commitments. And it was, uh, yeah, it was challenging. I will readily admit that I had a really hard time with the program initially. I almost quit, you know, uh, but I'm glad I didn't. Um, I just happened to take the two hardest classes in a summer session, the first semester, and I didn't know that they were the two hardest classes. And one was computer organizational architecture and one was, uh, you know, a moderately advanced Java class. You know, we already had to have, you know, a firm foundation in, in, in programming before we uh, were admitted to the program. So yeah, it was an advanced level Java class. And between those two classes, I was spending, uh, investing, you know, about 20 hours a week, had to cancel vacation plans that summer <laughs> to my wife's chagrin. But, you know, I made it through that semester, through that summer session, and, and things kind of evened out uh, from there. Very cool. Very cool. And you and I have also talked about sort of the value of a cybersecurity degree and the value of various cybersecurity certifications. You know, there are these pieces of paper that say that you know these things. And then, of course, there's the value from being a practitioner and doing the work. Certainly, you're, you're in a position where you have experienced obtaining knowledge in these three different ways. Mm -hmm. And you've also managed folks who have gotten experience these three different ways, you know, what would your advice be to folks who might be starting out in the industry, who might be looking to progress their career in the industry, or might, might actually be looking to uh, start, you know, transition over to the industry for the very first time. So I think there's a lot of folks who have an emerging interest in cybersecurity and they're wondering what the best use of their time is if they want to try and get in the field. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, don't let any one of those define you, whether it's uh, you know, a, a practical experience or, or certifications or an education. I've known plenty of people without certifications that were incredible, incredible practitioners. 
I've known folks with certifications that just weren't, right? They were a better fit for, you know, a cybersecurity risk. But, you know, they truly understood, you know, conceptually what cybersecurity was. It's just, you know, uh, practically um, they may not have been uh, what, they, what they've wanted to be, or maybe they just weren't motivated to be that, right? Um, I think that all three are beneficial. None more so than in any one or the other, right? I think, uh, you know, there's value in certification. It does uh, provide you the capability to ramp up rather quickly and, and I guess prove some foundational knowledge, but it isn't going to make you a practitioner like experience is going to make you a practitioner, right? Um, it is absolutely necessary that, that you do open a command line and, and type in these commands and understand what they do. Um, as opposed to um, just reading about it. Uh, it's the very same way with uh, programming. You can't learn programming by, by just reading a book. It's just not going to happen. Or watching a, pod, uh, watching a uh, you know, YouTube or, or listening to a podcast. It's just not going to happen. I think what you get from a formal academic education is, um, to a certain degree, the ability to think critically if you don't already think critically. Right? Doesn't necessarily mean that, that um, going to schools is, is going to teach you that. Um, but also you get some of the theoretical underpinning that you wouldn't get as a practitioner or as a, um, a, a through certification. Let's face it, most practitioners aren't focused on how things work, you know, down to the bits and bytes. Some are, most aren't. Someone who's focused on, you know, certification is really going to get the how-to. This is how you click through and, and, and make this happen. This is how, what, what commands you type in, or this is how you approach a certain problem, right? Uh, where an academic foundation is going to teach you um, the theoretical underpinnings. How does a database work mathematically? You know, how does, um, how does uh, you know, an, a computer work um, at the architectural and at the mathematical level, right? Um, some of that information isn't necessarily important for all practitioners. Some of it is, right? I, I happen to value that. I happen to value all three. I think, I think uh, there are positives. Um, and negatives or pros and cons of each uh, method of, of learning. But I do think that there, you know, if you achieve a certain balance and you expose yourself to all three, that you're certainly, um, you know, capable of, of ending up a very well-rounded, you know, practitioner that, that approaches, you know, cybersecurity or IT risk in a very pragmatic um, way. Very cool. I think that, you know, it's interesting because, one of the things that I've observed about your career is that you've been extremely intentional in terms of learning different things in different ways throughout your career. Um, I think that for some folks who find themselves in a practitioner role, you know, if they're the type of person that learns well on the fly, um, then that can often be something that drives success in this field. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about what your life is like today. So uh, the first question I have is, in your role as a pragmatic CISO, what are some of the things that you're thinking about on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, I'm thinking about the same things my CIO is thinking about. I'm thinking about the same things that my CEO is thinking about. Essentially, I have to learn about what the business values. I have to understand that I'm an advisor. I have to understand that, that we, we have to achieve some balance, that it's not always about re reducing risk uh, to, to zero or near zero, that you know, we, we, have to, uh, we have to arrive at the conclusion that, we have, that we're gonna accept some risk, 
you know, as long as we know what that risk is, right? There, there's plenty wrong, you know, with the cybersecurity industry, and and in that, I think a lot of folks uh, want to want to focus on every aspect of of risk reduction and w- at the expense of the business, right? And I think that's what's hurting a lot of folks who want to get into cybersecurity or who want to advance in cybersecurity, especially folks who want to take that next next step and and become a CISO or become a senior leader in cybersecurity is that you, you got to really understand how to balance generating revenue, maintaining high levels of productivity, and at the same time, addressing risk. I love that response. I think that, you know, if I asked a different individual, you know, an answer might be, well, I'm really focused on how machine learning can help our security program, or, you know, I'm really focused on patching, you know, or something that's very much like a security yeah. topic. Um, I think it's just so cool that the first response you had was, I care about what my CIO cares about and what my CEO cares about. I think that's such a different perspective, one that really does put the business first. Yeah. Well, to, to be fair, I am focused right now on physical security. <laughs> I am going, I'm visiting every single site. In fact, uh, just finished a trip last week where we visited three uh, sites and I made it a point to talk to everybody in the office, at least for two or three minutes, That's cool. just to get an idea. Now we don't have large offices. We're, we're 850 employees and you know, each office is roughly 20, 25 employees, but um, physical security. Um, I just got my, uh, my pen test results. So I'm very interested in those <laughs> and, and, and New York DFS and the New York Department of Financial Services Cybersecurity Rules. So uh, those are primarily the three areas where I'm currently, uh, you know, spending most of my time. Awesome. And Manny, we're coming up to the end of our podcast. We've got about six minutes left. I want to talk to you about what you're learning these days. What are you focused on learning? From a technical perspective, um, only things that I'm learning um, on the job. Right now, I'm really focused on learning how to play violin. I've been um, uh, learning how to play violin for the last um, you know, year and a few months. And I did that because you know, I, I, for the last uh, 15 years, I've been focused strictly on learning you know, uh, technical subjects, um, cybersecurity, IT, that sort of thing. And finally, I got to a point where I felt like, not, not that I didn't have anything else to learn, but I felt like I had, um, you know, really ignored uh, a part of me. Uh, you know, learning violin has been uh, certainly um, a bucket list item for a long time for me. It came down to actually guitar and, and violin. I chose violin because I heard it's harder. Um, nice. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm at the point where I can read music. Um, a lot of it was self-taught using um, YouTube. Um, part of it was hiring an instructor. I've been through two uh, instructors, two teachers, um, one less less formal, one classically trained. Uh, still learning music, um, picking up songs. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, my goal when I set it out to do that was, you know, just to be um, good, solid inter- uh, campground entertainment. So we'll, we'll see how, how it turns out. That's awesome. And what kinds of songs are you learning? Like, are you doing Suzuki method? Are you using like pop music? Are you choosing, you know, do you choose your songs that you learn for pleasure? Do you choose them for the rigor of it? I'm so curious. Um, So it depends. I mean, um, 
I, I, I started using Suzuki method, or at least I transitioned to using Suzuki method and learned a few songs there. But I, I do, um, now that I can read music, I, I pick up songs. Um, I, can, I can readily look at a song and tell whether it's something that I can learn. Um, so things like, you know, Amazing Grace and Silent Night are certainly songs that, that I can play readily. Um, there's some others, you know, that are, that are relatively short. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I have learned some, some other songs as well that I think are, are more advanced. Very cool. Yeah, I can just, uh, for our family uh, during Christmas time, it happens to be a tradition that my husband plays Christmas songs on his violin. Uh, so when you shared that with me yesterday, um, it sort of struck a particular sentimental uh, chord within me. So, yeah. Oh, that's so cool, Manny. Yeah. Last question. This is a surprise question. All right. What, what's next for you? When you're a CISO, where do you go from here? You know, uh, I've given that a lot of thought. I, I think from here, I think I, I want to give back. You know, um, I'm starting to speak more at conferences. Just did another talk at Triangle InfoSecCon in Raleigh. Um, it's an ISSA-sponsored uh, conference. I, I think it's, it's actually quite larger than the ISSA conference, the national conference. I'm not sure I heard that. And, um, uh, you know, speaking at some conferences at, at, in, in Charlotte in December, the Avanta um, CISO CIO forum. Uh, note that I put CISO first, but it's really the CIO CISO forum. <laughs> um, but yeah, just trying to give back, you know, uh, maybe um, teaching a few classes at the graduate level, undergraduate level. Um, I've got some interest from some, um, some very reputable um, academic institutions. Um, and yeah, so so we'll see where we go from there. But I think I think that's what's in my cards um, in the near future, especially after I get past the uh, New York DFS stuff. Cool, awesome. Well, I am looking forward to watching your continued uh, career growth and success. Uh, and on behalf of our listeners, I just want to say thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. My pleasure. Humans of InfoSec is brought to you by Cobalt, a pen testing as a service company. You can find us on Twitter at Humans of InfoSec.